0: You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at The River. Tonight I want to minister you on the topic of embracing new things. And as we get into this message tonight, the truth in it, if you get a hold of this, you'll be able to embrace the new things that God has for you in your life. There, there's just something about God has given us new things to embrace, but you can't embrace new things unless, oh, how do I say it? You change the way you think about old things. In other words, as long as you think the way that you think now about old things, you won't be able to embrace new things. There has to be this spiritual transformation where you begin to think differently about the past than you ever did before. It's a a perspective of faith that you have to have if you're to embrace it. Now I want you to put up on the screen here Isaiah 43 and I want to use this as its text. It says, do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth and you shall not know it. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, in the text, it's, you need to turn me down just a little bit, Mike. It's just a little bit too wild. Can you say amen, everybody? Go down da, 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 a little bit. Amen, praise God. All right. Do you see? But it's the new thing that I want you to see. You can't embrace a new thing unless you think about the past differently than the way you're thinking about it. Now, Jesus said it this way: He said you cannot put New wine and old wineskins. If you try, the old wineskins will burst. And, And I say this message for this one reason. All of us here, when you follow Christ, things happen. How many know we make messes and we mess up in our lives? And when that occurs, there's two ways that it occurs. Number one way is we do something out of ignorance, we didn't know it was wrong and we just did something that was silly and stupid and we make a mess or a mistake in our lives. The other time that happens is we know the right thing to do but for whatever reason we don't feel like doing it. And we don't do it and we get this mess in our lives. We get this, how do I say it, this, this mess up and this These problems in our life that are created from our own problems. And in those cases, sometimes you don't believe that God will help you because you knew better and you did it anyway. But I'm here to tell you that once you understand these truths and realize that the way that I think about my past will determine if I can embrace the new mercies and the new graces in my life. Once you understand that even though you have made messes God will restore you and you need to understand this that when God made the plan for you and for me he'd make it and say okay this is a plan for them as long as they don't mess up as long as they're perfect this plan will work out in their life no he made a plan for you and anticipated all of your mistakes and knew of everything that you would do wrong and do right and God still said that he would deliver you and bring out that plan in your life all the blessings and so forth in your life that's why I say to do a new thing you got to renew your mind in this way where you don't think about the past the way that you did before but as long as you think about the past in the way that you did before you're not going to renew your mind and you're not going to be able to make the changes that you need that God wants you to do to really receive what God has for you. And all of us have said things like this. We say things like this. Well, it's too, too late for me to go to college. I'm married, and, I, and we had children, and so I can't do it. Or we say, you know, it's too late for me to get a business degree because... You know, now now I'm 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 in a different part of the country and the job that I have, there's no way I don't have enough time. And we always allow the past then to prevent us from the supernatural things that God wants to do for us in the new. So you got to change the way you think about the past to be able to renew your mind for the future. You can't allow those things to occur in your life. And I want to say this because nice message is really about renewing the mind. If you really want a change in your life, it's not going to come just because you read your Bible. It's not going to come because you think about Scripture. Those things are all wonderful and we need them. But it's going to come when you start to speak in a way that you didn't speak before in connection with the word in other words I cannot renew my mind to anything in the scripture until my mouth is renewed to what I've just studied if my mouth is not renewed to what I just studied I I haven't went far enough that that transformation occurs in my life and gives me the breakthrough that I desire in my life can you say amen everybody Now watch this, Ecclesiastic seven ten, and look what it says. Ecclesiastic seven ten. Do not say, "Why are the former days better than these?" For you do not inquire wisely concerning this. And Paul said it this way. He says, forgetting the things behind and reaching for the things that are ahead. Now, what I want you to grab hold of this is this: you got to break agreement with the past to embrace the new things in the future you got to break that agreement that you have in the past that has held you back and prevented you from the success and the fruitfulness and the breakthroughs that you desire in your life. You have to, you have to break through that as a believer in order to inherit the blessings that God has for you. We have an enemy, his name is Satan. Revelation 12, 11 says, he's the accuser of the brethren. He accuses you and said, you made that mistake. You don't deserve this. You don't get a second try because God told you not to do it and you did it anyway. Or he accuses you and says, you're not deserving of what you're believing God for. Your behavior has not been that excellent. And he accuses us before God day and night There's this spiritual accusations that hit you. And that's why you can't embrace what is new unless unless you change the way you think about the past. Jesus Christ has delivered us from the accusations of the enemy. And the more you realize that, the more free you're going to be in doing whatever God has called you to do in your life. Because we all make messes. We all mess up. We all say things and do things that are horrible. Even as Christians. And if you're not careful, you'll miss embracing the new things. Because you haven't changed your mind about the past. Because you think because you did that in the past, you can't receive the grace of God. You can't receive the blessing. But grace isn't about what you deserve. It's about what Jesus deserves you got to rearrange your mental furniture, as Ken Gobb says. And you need to think in a different way about your past than you did before you gave your life to Christ. That is how you embrace things that are new. It's by thinking differently about things that are old in your life. Well, I'm too short. I'm too tall. I'm not smart enough, I'm not good looking enough. You gotta think differently about that. And think in the way that God's word says you should think about yourself in order for this to transpire in your life. But it's not renewed unless you renew your mouth to it. So if I counterdict what I read, I'm in trouble. Now one of the things that helps me is this when I read the Bible I find all these people in the Bible that made all kinds of mistakes and I think to myself if God could use them he could certainly use me and I wrote down a few of them listen to this Abraham was too old to receive the blessing Isaac was a daydreamer and God used him Jacob was a liar and God used him. Joseph was abused by family members and God used him. Moses had a stuttering problem and God used him. Gideon was afraid he was a chicken and God used him. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young but yet God used Jeremiah as a prophet and Timothy even though they were too young and Timothy had an ulcer and God still used him Jonah ran from God and God still used him say amen everybody David had an affair and murdered somebody and God still used him Elijah was suicidal and God still used him And I started looking at these lists I started thinking wow ne- Nehemiah was a widow and God used him Job went bankrupt and God used him Jesus' own disciples fell asleep while they were praying and God still used him Martha was a worrywart and God still used her the Samaritan woman had married five times and was living with someone and God still used her Timothy had an ulcer and God still used her and Lazarus was dead and God still used Lazarus wow if God can do that with them what can he do for us amen that's why I'm saying you have to you have to look at your mistakes differently than the way you looked at them before you knew Jesus because the blood of Jesus cleanses us and and puts us in a position where we get blessed now I want you to write this down start speaking the word on purpose on purpose start speaking the word Just say to yourself, I'm going to, on purpose, I'm going to speak the word. And here's something I've discerned. What you say in private is actually more important than what you say uh, publicly. Because what I say in private to myself and in my prayer life is really, really, really what's in my heart. What I might say publicly might just be for the sermon's sake, amen, or to impress someone. So you gotta purposely decide that I'm going to say what God says about my mistakes. I'm gonna to have to purposely say what God says about rebounding, about being restored, about my position with Christ, about the fact that I am a, a, a saint and not a sinner anymore when I come to Jesus. I need to say that. You get in religious circles, and they're all really good about reminding us we're sinners. You're just an old sinner, saved by grace. No, you used to be an old sinner, but now you've been saved by grace. It's You've got to renew your mind to the past to be able to embrace the future. Because if you allow past that is in the world that we see around us and all the things that we experience, you're going to end up cheating yourself on the new things that God has for you. How many times have people told you something you couldn't do that God told you to do and they based it on a past record of this, 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 this. People addicted to drugs, listen to me. God used all those people I just listed. They all had problems. The drug addiction did not disqualify people for God's use because God is the one that's doing it, not the person. And his grace is able to restore a person. But if you can't, if you can't reinterpret your past and look at it in a different way through the eyes of Jesus, you won't be able to embrace that new future that God has for you. Because you're not being measured by how good you were or the times that you were successful or whatever you weren't. I'm going to give you something here that's just so powerful. How many hate going through trials? What if I could give you a key to get through it faster? This is the key to get through a trial faster. If you want to get through a trial faster, you have to purposely speak the word in that trial and you need to think about the past differently when you're going through that trial and if you keep the word in your mouth you'll go through that trial really fast when when Jesus was in the wilderness it was at the end of the 40 days he was tempted not during the 40 days at the end of it that's when the devil tested him or tempted him and what did he do he said it is written he didn't give his opinion he spoke the word and it didn't last very long and the next thing you know he says be gone satan and satan left a lot of people don't realize that that's why when they go through a trial it's like they're in a blender and this is what happens to people whenever you don't keep the word in your mouth and you're in a trial, it's like you get into this blender and you and God will leave you in the blender. He'll leave you in your blender all your life and you'll die in the blender if you don't speak in the word. But if you start speaking the word while you're in that blender, God turns it off and you're going to come out of it do you sit around and murmur about it, complain about oh it's not fair what happened to me I can't believe this happened to me I just don't have enough, I can't do this I'm so concerned about this and if so and so would have helped me I could have got this or if so and so could have been my support I could have done this, if you do that that trial will go on and on and on and on and God will put it probably on a higher speed in the blender you got to speak the word and you don't come out of a trial because of how you think you come out of a trial because of what you say because what you say is what you've been renewed in in your mind are you listening to me so the next time you're in that trial don't go into the pity party and ask for everybody to come over instead start speaking the word over it and you'll come out of it faster than you can imagine because remember again We all make mistakes. But God makes miracles out of messes. I said God makes miracles out of messes. God makes miracles out of messes. And we all were a mess when God got a hold of us. And he made a miracle out of the mess. But we seem to think if... We intentionally did something wrong that God is unable now to make a miracle out of the mess and he'll just sit back and watch you suffer in it that is not the case at all because God knows you're imperfect and he knows you're going to have times that you just do the wrong things but God wants you to know that he's willing to make a miracle out of the mess there's a verse in the Bible in Romans 8:26 says this and all of you know it if you've been in church very long at all it says all things work together for the good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose now we love that verse that all things work together for the good but what exactly does he mean that all things work together for the good for those who love God what exactly does that mean exactly it means that everything that God does, He has already planned to bring a miracle out of the mess that you're in. All you got to do is repent. That's all you got to do if repentance is necessary. And speak His word, and God will bring a miracle out of that mess. You know, there's a, a parable in the, in the Bible, it's called the parable of the, the ten virgins. And I like it because it tells us five are ready, five weren't. But here's how most people look at that parable they go, okay, that indicates that only half the population is going to be saved when Jesus comes back. Jesus didn't write the parable to tell us only a few people would be saved, He didn't write it for that reason. He didn't speak it for that reason. He told us that five are ready. And they went and five were not ready. He spoke that for those that were not ready. In other words, he spoke it for the guy or the woman that's out here right now that's hearing the message that's not ready for Christ's return. He spoke it for them because it's God's will that all men and women be saved. But it's all how you look at it. If you look at it the wrong way, there is no life in it. But if you look at it the right way, there is. Let me give you an illustration on how all things work together for the good. You remember the story of Abraham and Sarah. They were married and like every couple, generally speaking, they want to have children. She had a desire to have a child. Abraham had a desire to have a child. And God promised them I'm going to give you a child. And uh, my seeds coming out of this child so forth so they had the promise but yet over time it never happened they never saw it happen I mean we're not talking a month or two months we're talking years and so how many know sometimes we get impatient and Sarah got impatient and said let's help God and she convinced her husband I want you to sleep with my bond servant she'll have a child then we'll have a child we're just helping God out a little bit in this area and that's a mistake would you agree that's a mistake ladies those of you that are married say is that a mistake to have some other woman your, your husband sleep with and so the child is born Ishmael and it's great at first and then jealousy starts brooding between Sarah and the bond servant and then God then supernaturally opens Sarah's womb. She has this baby. And now there's a conflict between the two babies as they grow up. It gets to a point where Sarah tells Abraham, listen, hey, if you don't get rid of that woman, I'm gone. You should have never slept with her in the first place. Well, baby, you told me to sleep with her Yeah, you should have known better. So there was this conflict. And so... Abraham went to the Lord and the Lord said obey your wife I, I have no idea why God said that but that's what he said and so he sends up the bond servant with the child she, he gives her some water and she's out there and she's about ready to perish and an angel of the Lord appears to him and says that Ishmael will be blessed he will be fruitful and a great nation will come out of him now I want you to see something here that was a mistake would you all agree but what did God do with the mistake he still blessed it because all things work together for the good for those that love God even Abraham's mistake God make a, made a miracle out of that mess and all of us are like that You look in your past, whatever. I've I've seen people that have been through many divorces, even as Christians, and God still restores the individual. If they repent and turn to God, God still makes a blessing out of that mess. A lot of Christians don't believe that. They believe the mess can never be blessed. But I'm telling you tonight, that is absolutely untrue. In fact, all these descendants that came from Abraham, all of his grandkids, you go down the list, the great grand, one of his great grandkids was who? Joseph. Joseph got in contention with his brothers because of his dream. And they were so jealous that when he went out to meet him, they were going to murder him and they threw him in a pit and were going to kill him. When you know who came by? A caravan of Ishmaelites. The descendants that God blessed with Abraham, the mess. The mess showed up. And if the mess hadn't showed up, Joseph would have been Killed, But rather than being killed, they said, let's not kill him. We'll just put some blood on his jacket, give it to dad, say he died, and we'll sell him to the Ishmaelites, and they will put him in slavery. And they, and they were the mess. Ishmael was the mess. And yet, it was those people that brought him into Egypt where he got promoted to be prime minister of Egypt. In other words, God took the mess and he made a miracle out of it to bless his descendants. We ought to shout hallelujah right now. Thank God. Thank you, Lord, I'm a mess. Thank you, Lord, that you blessed me. Thank you, Lord, that I've been through the fire. But Lord, you blessed the mess and you got good things in my life. All you got to do is... Turn your heart to him, and not allow your past to f- prevent you from receiving what God has new for you. Can embrace it if you're thinking funny about the past. Change the way you think. Another story of God blessing someone's mess is Jonah. Jonah was a prophet and God said I want you to preach the Ninevites he didn't want to preach the Ninevites he had a, a racist spirit against them he didn't like them he didn't want them to be delivered and so he gets in a boat going completely the opposite direction of what God sent him to do goes out in the boat and a storm comes and the storm is causing the boat to sink and the sailor goes there's something wrong here this guy we have under here he's the problem and Jonah says it's my fault I've been running from God. So being good people as they were, they threw him overboard. Now that's a mess. And yet he lands in the water and a fish eats him. Obviously he didn't chew him up, but swallowed him. I don't know what kind of fish it was. Must have been a big fish. But in the belly of the fish, Jonah realizes that God's trying to bless him in his mess because he's not drowned he's alive in the belly of the fish if he was in the ocean he'd be drowned by now and so Jonah cries out for mercy in the middle of his mess and you know what God does sends the fish to shore and vomits him out now he's white everywhere from the acid in the stomach and, and, and the people in Nineveh go, whoa this guy's got something to say he got puked out by a fish and then God tells Jonah the sa- same thing twice, preach to them this time he obeys and everybody repents and Nineveh and salvation comes to that city it was a mess but he blessed the mess I had a couple in church one time and, and the husband he had an affair just a one night or whatever and that's bad enough right Then he said pastor we need to talk I said okay come bring your wife and we'll talk he said man I messed up I said, "Well, you know, it's it's wrong and it, it's going to take a while to fix the marriage, but I'd encourage you to do so." He says, "Well, there's one other problem." And I said, "What?" She's pregnant. but it doesn't make any difference with God it's a horrible situation but God's able to take the mess and turn it into a miracle that's what I want you to see that all you got to do is turn to God and realize that even though you may be in the belly of the fish even though you be in a place where you don't think you can make it God has shown you some mercy and you should be dead but you're alive you shouldn't have a second chance or a third chance or a fourth chance but you do And, and God wants you to know that God can make a miracle out of the mess but you're gonna have to turn to him and say Lord you Use me, use me in spite of me, Lord, help me, Lord Jesus, help me. And He's able to turn this around in a great way. It's kind of like the navigation systems on cars. Uh, When when I go with my wife, we have a I don't know why I got a navigation system in my car, but we never use it. But it came with one, and my wife always says, "No, I'll just turn on my phone." so we were going to a minister's meeting in Oregon and you got to take this certain turn off if you don't it takes you half an hour to turn around so I told my wife half an hour before we got there watch your phone tell me when to turn I don't want to be a half an hour you know late and uh she started multitasking like women do we passed by it and then Pastor Jack made a mess and I started saying things I shouldn't say I started getting upset and getting her upset but the navigation system on her phone is like God not like me the navigation says, "We it says, uh, we're redirecting your path here." It didn't scold her. It didn't chew her out. It just says, "Go down, take a left here to do this." It is just redirect. That's what God does. He knows you screw up. But he just redirects. Okay, you screwed up, but I'm going to redirect. You messed up, I redirect. Now, some people are always redirecting and they never get to their destination, but God keeps redirecting. This is what you got to do. This is how you got to get through the breakthrough. This is what you got to do. Yeah. (laughs) Got to redirect. So tonight, I wanted all of you to understand that all these new things that God wants to do in your life, If you don't look at the past differently, you can't embrace it. Can't do it. You got to renew your mind to the point that your words are renewed to what you've changed in your thinking. And then you'll be able to do the miraculous. Then you'll always be on course, even though it might seem like this ain't working, this ain't working, this ain't working. All things are working Together for the good. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast, River app, and our website at theriver.church. We're the river and we're doing life together.